the egg sausage podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 55 of the Egg Sausage Podcast. My name is Gigi Nabyar. The lovely lady over there is the Dapper Dame. And tonight we have a special guest with us. His name is Matt, a.k.a. Young Santa. Uh, our history goes back quite a bit. Uh, we basically ran into each other one night uh, in, a, in a car group, and we ended up uh, street racing each other. Uh, it was so long ago, so you know, come on, statue of limitations there. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we're probably pretty safe. We're probably pretty safe on that one, but uh, the rest is history, or so they yeah. say. But uh, I, uh, Matt has always had sort of this uh, this production company. I mean, was it an actual production company back in the car racing days? Not so much on the video side. I did a lot of uh, like graphic design websites, things like that. You know what I mean? Um, but you know, in the mid two thousands, video production was not affordable, so mm. it just wasn't wasn't easy to get into. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. But it has blossomed, you know, because uh, Matt was the head of the biggest, like basically the biggest car site in St. Louis, right? I mean, At one time, yeah, I think it might have been the biggest. I don't know. We had something like I don't know five thousand registered members or something. It was pretty big. Yeah, it was a big operation, and uh, Matt put a lot of sweat and tears and all their stuff into that. And uh, basically, the the production side, the content side, kind of laid dormant until what? How long ago? Like four years ago? You said you started live streaming anyway. Streaming, yeah, about four years ago. I started. I guess I got back into video production probably in like two thousand nine. 2010 so probably the end of the car run you know what i mean like i, I did car stuff until like 2009 2010 something like that and then whenever i got out of that i, I kind of a buddy asked me to shoot a music video i borrowed a camera to do it and and that that kind of re-sparked my love for it you know what i mean and that's awesome and it, it, it was and it was affordable again it was like you know you get a pretty decent camera for two grand at that point that you could actually go do something with as opposed to it just being you know a prosumer consumer camera you know so, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I got two grand together and picked up a camera. Actually, my dad helped me out with that at the time because he, he knew I was he knew, you know, what I was going to do with it and everything. So he was a musician. So, of course, he wanted videos. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's kind of how it all re-sparked, you know. Um, but I started in video production actually in high school. You know, I, I worked at a TV station. So uh, in Hillsborough, oh, wow. Missouri. So yeah, I was uh, you know, I was making animations and graphics and all that in high school. So like sophomore, junior in high school, got got my start in a control room and had you know TV cameras and stuff to play with. So yeah, so and it's also technology like evolve. Yeah, it was weird because they actually had the first. So you're probably familiar with the brand Avid, right? Everybody's mm -hmm. probably with Avid. So they make the Avid Media Suite, which is like their big editing suite. And uh, in the late 90s, they came out with the Avid Media Suite 1.0, which was two 21-inch CRT monitors. It had an <laughs> external video reader that would take all your media in. And it was just this crazy, huge computer that no one in the TV department could use because they were all old-school analog guys that used to mm. do like literal tape cutting. And so I was the I was like a, t a tenth grader that knew how to use a forty thousand dollar edit rig. You know what I mean? It was it was bizarre at the time. Uh huh. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, it was bizarre. It was it was neat because I like I went to college and I took a uh, TV one hundred and one and my old boss failed me. But then Wait, that was I, the actual name of the class, TV one hundred and one. Yeah, TV one hundred and one. That's great. Yeah, 
Yeah, so we had a we had a production studio literally with a control room and two actual like studio areas that you could shoot shows in and we could we could live broadcast and all that. It was a Jefferson College Hillsboro, so channel like eleven or twelve or something weird, you know what I mean? And uh and yeah, I, I did all the graphic production for the most part. I did a huge Huge chunk of anything digitally edited. I did a lot of that for them. You know what I mean. Whenever, whenever it was, and whenever I went to college, I I was not ready, and I I would skip that class a lot. And my teacher failed me and hired me back into the studio in the same day. Nice. So, no. Was, yeah, he would he would be like, "Why didn't you show up? You're getting an F." By the way, can you come down here and show me how to do this in the avid? <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, weird. Right? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't showing up. He had every reason to fail me, but. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, whenever you know everything that we're already doing, it was kind of easy to skip class and still get an A on the paper, you know. And I always thought it was interesting about you is that the fact that you've kind of you, – you basically have been moving closer and closer to, to the city of St. Louis. Like, you basically grew up in, like, the, the boonies of Missouri, and you've I slowly did. worked your way, and now you live directly smack dab in the middle of downtown in the yeah, city. As downtown as you can be, pretty much. I'm I'm a couple blocks from Keel and the Union Station and Wash Ave and all that. So yeah, I, I love it down here. Um, it was it's weird because you know like Ray was just saying, I've, I've graduated from high school in Desoto, Missouri, which is like a 45 minute drive south of here. Where oh yeah, you know, meth, meth capital of Missouri mm. at least, maybe the United States. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was uh, not a cute area. I mean, it was fun. Don't get me wrong. It was a really great place to grow up and stuff. But as as Ray was mentioning, as I got older, I kept moving closer and closer to the city, and now now I'm downtown and have been for almost 10 years. And do you think that that's helped you with producing content? I mean, living in such a vibrant, happening area instead of, like, living in, you know? It's got its ups and downs for sure. I, I love, like, so I live in an artist loft, so it's actually, you have to be an artist. Like, I had to sit in front of a panel of people who looked through my portfolio of stuff and said, okay, yeah, he's a real artist, and he got to, and so I got to move in, and, and they actually give you, like, back, it was, I was, you know, this is almost 10 years ago, I was, uh, so, like, it was like a starving artist work from home and actually make it type place, so every person that was in my building was a starving, working hard artist, so we would get together and collaborate and do all the different stuff, and and that was really great because if you got into like a creative funk, you could find new ways to kind of like break that cycle, you know what I mean? And, and okay. find new, new people to kind of like collaborate with and maybe like do something you out of your comfort zone. Like I learned how to paint and weird stuff like that that I was nice. never really into. And so, you know, it was great for that for sure. Um, but just being downtown, I'm so centrally located to everything. I mean, people sometimes would call me and be like, hey, uh, I got a show tonight. Can you grab your cameras and come down? And I'd hop on a scooter. And I'd run down there with a backpack and I'd shoot a three camera show real quick, run home, you know what I mean? And edit it and, you know, 500 bucks in an evening for almost no work and, you know, easy breezy as I was coming up. So do you still have any of your old paintings? Uh, I have like one or two hanging on the wall at home. Yeah. Um, Nice. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I, I'm not like great by any means, you know what I mean? But it was fun and it was neat to like, like, so sometimes like artists would exchange art. So I got to like Mm -hmm. get a couple pieces from different people from my building. So I've got like really cool custom art that I get to hang up and rotate around in my loft. So I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's sort of like how streamers come together digitally uh, to sort of, you know, either like mm-hmm. co-stream or yep. give each other feedback <laughs> on their streams of, you know, like 
oh man, I tried to do this different game or I tried a different overlay or whatever it may be. And to kind of get that freshness, but you got that interaction like in real life. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. I mean, if you can find a group of like-minded people and, and live in an area where they're all here, you know, around you all the time where it's not, it, it's subconscious thing then, you know what I mean? Because like you won't even mm. realize that a conversation with someone just pulled you out of your funk because you guys got on a creative topic that you could get pretty passionate about. So kind of helps you break that, that weirdness of like having a block of feeling creative. I just, I'm, I'm kind of like taken back by the whole panel thing. I didn't even realize that was a thing they to like to move interview? in. Yeah. 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 No, it was a legit group of like six people who were, who were people that lived in the building or were part of the community. And they actually made you sit down, show them your, so if you were a painter, you had to bring in paintings. I was a musician and a video guy. So I had to show them in graphic design and whatnot. So I showed them all that different stuff. And of course I had no problem getting in, but it was neat that they actually screened you because they really wanted it to be an artist community where it was a collaborative environment too. You know what I mean? So like they, they have displays, like the whole building that I live in is, it doesn't have art they bought. It's literally nothing but art supplied by the people that live there. So, hmm. it's, you know, the whole building is just one big display piece for, for the community that lives there. That's really cool. Yeah, it turns out pretty neat. And then that's also where, you know, I started doing like music shows in that loft building. So it was called the loft sessions. I would bring in bands every Sunday and we would make a bunch of noise for three or four hours, you know. And of course, that was a big part of my YouTube channel getting going and, and kind of snowballing and then led to the gaslight sessions and all the stuff that I got to do with all the touring bands and everything. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, you guys will have to check out some of the links that we'll provide uh, below the show uh, mm -hmm. as as we try to do. Um, but yeah, you guys will have to check that out. That's super neat. Um, so with, with the live streaming stuff though, I mean, just recently with COVID you've given a lot of advice for people that were trying to do that. Right. Like, I mean, what kind of, what kind of inspired you to do that is it, was it just the timing or was it like something that you kind of are like, we're thinking about before or. I was getting a lot of questions from a lot of people, you know, cause they obviously knew that I was doing a lot of streaming for gaslight at the time and, and just my own projects and stuff. And I had multicam set up. So, you know, of course I started with a cell phone or whatever, just like anybody else. And then you start saying, okay, how do we, how do we get good audio into it? How do we get multiple camera angles? How do we, okay, now we've upgraded the lighting. Let's see what we can do. Yeah. So cause it was, it was all Facebook. Like that was all yeah. kind of what, yeah. Yeah, Facebook and YouTube, and, and then I would do some Twitch here and there if it was gaming-related or if it was something that I felt like would be a good crossover. Um, but the, for the most part, it was, it was a lot of people were asking me, just how do I even get started? And I was like, well, if I make a quick video, you know, go live and actually answer some questions live, then maybe people can go back, reference it a little bit, and at least then I'm not answering the same question eight times a day. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Which I don't mind. I don't mind answering any questions that anyone asked me. It was just... It was such it was such a rapid fire of the same group of questions over and over again from different people that I just thought, well, you know, I bet a lot of people could use knowing how to to do this properly. So I'll just take it from I'll do a quick video and show you how to start with your phone and then move all the way up to like what's sitting around me here, you know. Yeah, did that boost the uh, the YouTube numbers or? Oh uh, yeah, and uh, just the business in general. I I can't you know I, I I stream at least two times a week for different clients. I've got you know people across the United States that sometimes will just dial into my system and I'll produce and you know, direct their shows and things like that. So, you know, it's just a, a lot of, a lot of directing and producing right now because when it hit, it just, no one knew what to do. So once I showed that I knew what to do, 
they didn't really hesitate to call me whenever it was over their head. You know what I mean? And that's always something I've kind of tried to tell people. Like, if you're good at something and you show people, you know, how to do it and they can trust you, then you're going to be who they call whenever it's over their head. So mm-hmm. I just kind of tried to follow my own advice a little bit for once, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, oh man, I remember when COVID hit and everybody was like in the market for like a camera and a microphone because everybody was, you know, like doing things from home. So I can imagine the same questions you'd get like over and over, like your copy pasting answers almost. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So and that, it was a lot of that because, you know, the average person doesn't know what it takes to put together a live stream. You know, they don't mm-hmm. understand that from the moment that you go live to the moment that you end, you've got to plan out what's on the screen the whole time. You know what I mean? Sure. So, so, you know, a lot of people just didn't even get that part of it. So it was like, okay, so whenever you go live, what's going to happen in, in second number one? You know, what, what are they going to see? Because that's where you got to start. And and also just the technical side of it, a lot of people didn't understand how Wi-Fi works. So, you know, Wi-Fi, obviously you guys know it. And most probably the people that, that stream, of course, know this. But just it's a killer for any kind of, you know, decent quality stream. Oh, God. So it fluctuates so much. It's right. so bad. And I, and I was explaining that technology multiple times a day, too. Because people mm. were like, well, I have like a $500 Wi-Fi router. And I'm like okay, that doesn't change that the technology doesn't function that way. It just isn't, it isn't Wi-Fi is good for your phone and that's about it. Yeah. Right, right. And, 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 you know, you could say, oh, well, what if I turn everything off in the house? You know what I mean? And that's fine. But still you have, you know, packet loss and things like that once the data is even in the air. So if you have any kind of anything happening around you, it can immediately hurt your stream. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's just so many reasons why the Wi-Fi is just not built for streaming. And I, I, told people that till I was blue in the face you know what I mean they're like well but what if I just wait till like midnight I'm like no that doesn't matter like the technology doesn't it's not a mogwai you didn't feed it it's not a gremlin all of a sudden you know so you know it's just getting everyone to understand and I I felt good letting them know you know what I mean Uh, it it was nice to to share some knowledge I've got a lot of years in figuring it out so if I could save some people a little bit of time on on you know hitting these roadblocks and everything, then I'm more than happy to try to help when I can. That's awesome. I know personally, whenever I hit tech issues, the first thing I do is I go to YouTube and I'm like, how to fix whatever. And I'll find like a couple videos, fingers crossed. Sometimes there isn't a video and I'm like, please, somebody put this content out in the world. So people like me aren't just like yelling at their desktop. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. And and, you know, that's more stuff that I've been looking at doing too. Cause I've been, ever since those videos came out, a lot of people were telling me like, even just the other day I went to lunch with a guy and he's like, man, I still watch those videos. I've been enhancing my home area, trying to figure it out and, and do what you told me and everything in those videos. And and so I might just start doing some basic tutorial stuff on my YouTube channel just so that there's like specific things. Like I've been doing a lot of 360 streaming lately, so I'm mm-hmm. sure people would like to know how to get into that and what the nuances of that are because it's new and exciting. You know what I mean? So just trying to figure out different ways to make content that'll help people on top of being entertaining. Yeah, Definitely. even as someone that you know has been creating content now for over two years, even I am like my ears perk up when I hear something cool about technology like that, when it comes to streaming, I don't know how I would ever use it personally, but who knows? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, uh, it's a snowball for me. You know what I mean? So whenever I first started, what got me really like figuring out avenues and everything was, you know, the multicam thing was no problem. Once I had a couple cameras and some capture cards or my switcher or whatever, that was, yeah. Fun. But it yeah. was like, how do we really enhance the production level? How do we, you know, 
how do I get a mix minus going? So if I want to bring in a Zoom call or like what we're doing now and not have Echo mm-hmm. or, you know, not rely on, on uh, Discord to kill the, the, the playback of the other person or anything like that. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it just went on this big snowball of figuring out, oh, man, you know, you think that you're going to get into it. It's just going to be a few little pieces of stuff and a couple cables. It's, it's a, a whole mess once you get into it deep. Yeah. So, yeah. Like one thing I always tell everyone is like, don't overthink it. Like there's no reason to go this big. You know, I got, an, I can do eight video cameras at one time in my switcher. Most, I've never used all eight at one time even. You know what I mean? So huh. I almost never need that many inputs. You know, like you could get away with, I always try to let people know, like whatever your project is, make the production value match that. Because if you don't, you're spending so much time on production that you may not ever get started or finish it, you know? That's a good point. That's a good point. I guess as as streamers, we probably don't think about it that much. But yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Like we were just talking about off air that, you know, we we started with like these really basic uh, blue snowball microphones and just super basic equipment, mm-hmm. you know, and like as you do it, you understand, OK, this is going to up my co- my content quality. This is going to up, you know, my lighting, my audio, my video, whatever it may be. And yeah, so it's it's something it's like it's like everything right you you have to start doing it and you'll learn but it's nice to have tutorials that sort of hold your hand through it and you get to learn from other people's you know progress (laughs) yeah and also their mistakes you know like that like everyone thinks that oh you know once you know what you're doing you don't make mistakes i make mistakes all the time trying to figure out different ways to make neat things happen you know what i mean so so you know and not only that, just production, as you get more gear in front of you, it's more stuff to handle, you know? So if you've got a mixer with uh, 12 channels on it, like I've got sitting here, and then you've got um, a board that can swap cameras around, and then you got scenes in OBS or vMix or whatever live stream software you're using. I mean, yeah. you're starting to get, you know, to where, you, if you know, it's easy to make a mistake, Very, you know, when you've got that much stuff happening around you, much less, you know, as you're starting out. So don't, the biggest piece of advice to everybody is don't, don't over shoot the production value as you start because you can always expand doing it mm-hmm. is always far more important than trying to be the best at it right at the right off the bat you know well and i think it's also important to note that uh people like you exist for a reason you know people hire you and pay you appropriately for your work sure. because being a videographer is tough. Um, there is a lot involved into it. So, you know, that is why people may want to just focus strictly on their content and then hire somebody like yourself to focus on pr- the production, you know? So it's, it's, it's hard to be the master of all when it comes yeah. to either live streaming or YouTube videos or whatever, whatever content it may be. Um, I mean, or, or just, you know, even with, even with live streaming, even with like Twitch, um, you know, there's tons of guys that are really, you know, they're good at their game, right? Like mm-hmm. whatever, whatever game that human is into, they just, they put everything into that and they outsource their emotes. They outsource their YouTube clips, you know, whatever it may be. And and that's for a reason. I mean, well, most don't... big YouTubers do, you know what I mean? Most big YouTubers sure. are an editor. They, they focus yep. on creating the content and then they send it over to an editor who spent his week is probably doing four or five different YouTube stars edits. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. And that the way they can line up content to put out a video every day right. or whatever, you know, every whatever other day or whatever. Frequency may be, yeah. Right, right. So, yeah. And, and the, you know, it's always, it's always making things relevant to where you're at with everything. Like, you know, if you, if you, 
have someone like if you have all this stuff around you or if you have a big show, you can't be a good talent while you're worried about what camera angles up or if your audio is right or if the graphic is hitting right or if you have mm-hmm. viewership or if the stream is up. You know, there's so many ways that you can get distracted to where you don't even realize now you're not even really hosting anymore. You're just sidetracked and not even really talking the way you thought you were. You know what I mean? So, yep. yeah. Uh, you know, it's fine to try to do everything on your own as you start out, but if you want to get into big, crazy production, I mean, like where it's got effects and graphics and all the stuff that isn't queued up by, by a bot, you know what I mean? Then you've got, you've got to end up having a small team, you know, it just ends up being what it is. That's why television, if you ever saw, I worked for NHL network during the Stanley cup playoffs for the blues. And, uh, I did, that was my first international TV broadcast. And I, I was working where I, it was the full on trucks, the, the real Dude, stuff, you know what I mean? That's and, awesome. <laughs> and there was 50 people to do a three camera show. Whoa. You know what I mean? There's, you know, everyone out there was, there was people across the United States doing graphics. There was people, a person was directing from Boston. There was an entire, probably 30 of us there. Like there was three cameramen, five assistants to every cameraman almost. Like it was ridiculous how many people were just there. And, you know, so you watch TV and you don't even realize that 50 or 60 people are making this basic show happen. So Mm. why would you expect anything different when you get into live streaming? For one, you're going to have a hard time just because the gear and everything is totally different. You know what I mean? Like, mm. their gear is pro. They can cue things. They can make it automate, replay, all that crazy stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, you know, as one person with OBS and everything, you're not going to you're not gonna do that. You know? That's right. You've got to stay in your lane and in your bounds, you know? And that, that was something I had to learn the hard way, you know, buying gear and doing all that. <laughs> right, right. So, what, so Vintage Gamers Club is sort of a collaboration Twitch stream, right? It's mm-hmm. not just you. But um, so so kind of tell us about like having to sort of reduce the amount of like technology used for a Twitch stream, because obviously you don't need all the bells and whistles to do that. Right. Yeah. You don't you don't need 90 percent of what I've got sitting here to be a yeah. streamer. You know what I mean? You like it really it would be overkill. And the other thing, too, is like, you know, on our channel, we want everyone to look pretty much the same. You know, because it's branded. Mm. So it's like, all right, well, we want our, you know, we have all the same overlays. We have all the same graphics and everything that I've made for everybody. So I want, you know, camera quality can be a little different. That's fine. But like, you know, I'm going to want that high quality audio in there. I'm going to want your Mm -hmm. audio separated where the game can be adjusted. You know what I mean? I want certain things that I just expect because we've set this certain precedent. And then what I did was I would, as we would build, I would level my guys up. So first it started with these high microphones. So as my guys got moved on and moved on and we built and we built, once they got to the point where they were ready, I called Heil and I said, hey, these guys are ready, uh, whatever best deal you can give them. And so, you know, Heil has always been really great to us and hooked the guys up. So like we all have matching black and gold mics now, you know, and, and so now the next step will be getting everybody onto a, onto a real camera instead of like necessarily a webcam, like, you know, like an actual DSLR with a capture card. Mm-hmm. And so we just try to level my team up to where they can meet me at this level. And then we'll right. expand from there. You know what I mean? It's a team effort. It's it's uh, it's really fun. You know, um, but it is it's it's weird to like because those guys want the bells and whistles too. You know what I mean? They're like, oh yeah. my gosh, because they go to the tournaments. We do all the whatever, and they see all of it there, and they get to use it sometimes too. And you know, I'll let one of the guys cut the show for for thirty forty minutes while I take a break or whatever. And so you know, it's it's fun, but it's also overkill and hard. Like, there's no reason for all four or five of us to have this much. You know what I mean? It just doesn't. Make sure. Sense. But still, I mean, yeah, I, I went to one of the tournaments that you guys had locally and just seeing 
the setup. I mean, it was it was a little intimidating. It was, but uh, it's again, you know, you get used to what uh, what's going on pretty easily uh, if you if you mess with it and and all that. But no, yeah, it's, I, won't, it's, I won't pretend it's not fun because it is super fun. You know what I mean? It is, yes. it is neat to have all this and to set it up. But at the same time, like whenever you have as much gear as what you saw there, uh, you start to feel like um, everything becomes a more of setup and teardown with a little bit of fun in between. Because yes. it takes hours to set that show up, you know what I mean, that you came to. Like, we were there for four right. hours probably just getting everything set up, all the lights and then all the microphones. And so for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, we had a Tekken tournament at a local uh, bar and grill. And so we set up lighting and everything, and it, it was like a full commentary booth with four microphones. So we had three regulars, and then fans and players could go rotate in and out and actually conversate and be live and everything. And it just – it's fun, and it's, it looks really cool. And like, he, like Ray said, it's a little bit intimidating, maybe a little bit, but, but it's, it's a ton of work, and no one gets that part of it. Like it, it makes it to where you almost feel like everything is more – like you're spending most of your time setting up and tearing down, and there's only an hour of fun. You know what I mean? It's like right. oh, man, I, spent, I spent four hours to have a two-hour show. You know, or a one-hour show, or whatever it is. I mean, for the game streams, obviously it's longer, but, but yeah, yeah, it was just—it's weird because you know I'll go somewhere and I'll set up for two or three hours, and then it's like, all right, forty-five minutes in, we're done. Tear it all down, and go home. <laughs> yeah, I, I think re- it's the nature of esports, though, as most mm. of it is just setting up and troubleshooting, make sure no, no like shit hits the fan, and then be like, all right, if everything goes smooth, and all we have to do is tear down for three hours, we did it right. <laughs> hundred percent. Yeah. And, and it's, it's finicky, you know, you guys know live streaming gear is finicky. It just, that's just, it is. And you have to deal with it live. (laughs) Well, yeah. At that scale, you know, at that scale, Mm -hmm. it's, I can only imagine what those guys go through. Yeah. So, so, you know, and that's where like going back to the NHL network thing. So I had to help them tear down and and load out, you know what I mean? And it was like like 40 of us tearing down a, a NHL network set that was basically a transformer trailer that turned into a regular trailer and then drove away. But all the gear came off of it. That's so so crazy. A couple hundred thousand dollars worth of cameras and lenses and, and microphones and power and, you know, everything. Biggest party cleanup ever. Oh man. (laughs) And then what was crazy too, was that there was four other stages next to me doing the same thing. So, you know, you had, you have 300 people tearing down four sets, you know, it was, it was insane. And, but that gives you that, that was a big insight to me that, you know, once I had all this gear and then I went and did that, it really let me want to pump the brakes on getting anything more, trying to go any bigger because it's like, you go much bigger than what I've got and you're going to spend entire days setting up, you know what I mean? Just trying to, Oh, I'm sure. So, you gotta, you gotta be careful what you wish for, kinda. You know. Yeah, you don't want to burn out. Hundred percent, and it's easy to do with this much stuff. You know what I mean? It's just. I believe it. It's the, the nest of cables and everything. You know, people are always like, "Oh my gosh, it's only like they'll see it all packed up and they're like, oh, it's only like three flight cases and a couple backpacks and a rolling case. What's the big deal?'" It's like, oh, you didn't see the the big like rolling rack of like two rolling racks worth of cables back there that's got to come in and be unraveled. Mm-hmm. Power cables going everywhere, audio cables, HDMI and SDI cables, and just all that, you know, craziness. The Ethernet cable, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, do you, ever, do you ever run into, like, issues of places not having enough bandwidth or power or whatever it may be to... 100%. So, uh, I can't reach it at the moment. So, I ended up buying my own AT&T puck. So, I, 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 anywhere I go now, I supply my own internet. 
that way I don't have smart, to smart man. deal with it anymore. <laughs> yeah, it just uh, – but so what really got me hip to that, though, was I used to do a soccer podcast in a place called Amsterdam Tavern here in St. Louis, and what they, they're a big soccer mm. bar. So yeah, uh, you can go there at like 6 a.m. They're watching the U.K. games, and there's 300 people there getting hammered <laughs> yeah. at you know, 6 a.m. in the morning. So it was fantastically fun. Absolutely. But we were using their Ethernet to be able to connect, and they had this thing where if their cash register had any kind of problem, the Internet had to be reset. Ooh. And so yeah. I would be live, mid, like, you know, we're in the middle of a four-hour show, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, we've got however many viewers, and, you know, we've been advertising this and putting money in it so people will see it, and then they have to reset the Internet, and my stream drops, and I'm just, you know, that burns my soul. I think that burns all three of yeah. our souls. <laughs> yeah, it's the worst. It really is. It's it's uh and I mean it wasn't their fault, you know what I mean? It was just it was it was uh figuring out what limitations you have in venues and that's and that's part of the game unfortunately. If you're going to be a mobile live streamer especially, you know, uh shortcomings oh, in yeah. venues. You have to have a checklist ready to go. You've got to send that checklist and then 90% of the time the general manager whoever you're dealing with doesn't care or even notice what that checklist says. You know. Oh yeah, they're, they don't know what it means. No, yeah, it, or that. It. Yeah. No, there's a router around here somewhere. You know. What I mean? Yeah. No, yeah. dude, I need to know exactly where it is. Is it at least a hundred feet away? You know what I mean? Cable. Mm-hmm. It's like so. it's like back behind the bar, and there's like little like beer lines dripping onto it. They're like, 100%. yeah, it's fine. It's just <laughs> gotta, reset gotta, it. I gotta put it underneath the webbing. That way, yes. it's, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and that that story of my life. You know, I did four years of that. So. um it's it's a it's a challenge you know and that's but that's also where you you know you start to buy more gear but then also you have to pump the brakes and figure out what stuff is really mandatory that makes your life easier and what stuff is adding to the problem like oh it'd be really cool but is it worth it you know sure sure i mean have you ever seen some of the setups that uh like the irl like youtube and twitch streamers use or it's like two uh lte modems and like a backpack, a backpack. With, yeah with like yeah, the, yeah. it's a whole like crazy like thousand dollar couple thousand dollar like backpack setup for irl streaming and like they can go anywhere in the world pretty much you know wherever yeah. their cell service and mm-hmm. do a stream and i'm like that's yeah. so badass but and i would so never spend that ever no, no on, you, don't, on, you don't have to though you don't well, have right to. right you so, don't have to but the, like the, right now if you wanted to get into it effectively you could so i'll just be outright honest about it uh my at&t puck you can't you can't call at&t directly and get a a uh, unlimited line it's all by the gig you know what i mean Ooh, okay so, right so that becomes a very major problem very few companies actually have unlimited plans for their wi-fi hotspots because it's uh, it's not there are no and they also slow it down after so much data use sure so i ended up going around and i was like well there's got to be a way around this like a corporate plan i can buy or something that would make it you know something mm-hmm. had to be realistic so upon doing a bunch of research, I found out that RV and trucker guys have companies that advertise to them who buy corporate plans and then sell the slots on the corporate plan. So right. Then, so I actually technically have a corporate account, so there's no throttles, there's no caps, there's no any any reason for it to ever slow down. As long as I've got any, like I've got three bars of service in here, and it'll pull down probably forty down and fifteen up. Whoa. That's actually ten- nutty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I could do a full 1080 stream if I wanted to off of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so and so and then the puck that I decided to buy actually has a redundancy plug in it, so I can actually plug the venue's internet into it, 
Oh, and if, right. And, and if anything happens to their internet, it automatically switches over to my internet. Or if for oh. some reason my internet is faster, it'll switch over to my internet. With no like latency? With no delay or latency or anything. Nice. It's, made, it's made to be built in for that. Yeah. Dude, that's nice. a sick piece of equipment. <laughs> 100, 120 bucks. It, it's not even that crazy of a, of a thing. It's, it's, I it's have, 100, it's 100 bucks a month for the internet service. I have a gear boner right now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it, it's, I mean, if you, and that's where I, it kind of goes back to what I was saying. Like, you know, some things are totally worth chasing that rabbit hole and finding an answer for, right? Like an yes. internet connection is always, if you're a mobile streamer, for one, you have to find a good internet connection you could take with mm-hmm. you. There's no option otherwise. Um, but if you're at a home streamer, you know, there's, you don't have to go nearly over the top the way that, you know, like, like, uh, GG Navyar saying, <laughs> I realized I called you by your government name. I wasn't sure if that was allowed or not. No, so. that's, that's okay. fine. We, we do it. We do it. <laughs> okay. Right on. So, uh, yeah, no, but right. You know, it, it was, uh, it was one of those, like, you know, if I, I, I knew I needed an internet connection and I knew that rabbit hole would be worth it to find the answer. I was actually worried there wasn't going to be an answer. You know, like I was worried mm-hmm. that there wouldn't be a service plan that would be realistic, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, because- I think fortunately we like technology is so per- like progressed now that it's awesome, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dramatically. Yeah. And so- every year it gets better too. Like, have you just, like, if you just look at the ATIM minis and things that black magic switchers have done in the last six or eight months, like they came out with that ATIM mini, that's a four channel switcher. That's barely bigger than your cell phone. You know what I mean? Over, over my head. Tell people what a switcher is. Oh, okay. My bad. So a video switcher is, is where it lets you bring in multiple video sources and switch between them live. On a okay. Uh, that's what I thought it was. Yeah. That's what I thought so, it was. So like, I, so like my system can take up to eight video sources at one time and I can switch between all eight. Like if I had it plugged in right now, I could switch between all eight video sources, even in this chat right now. So, oh. so it's, a, it's like a standalone unit that all the cameras and audio plug into and then it sends all that out. And okay. So, and so that's that's the big thing that you saw that was intimidating when you were when you were there. Like you saw the screen and it had all the the images on it and showing me yes. all my stuff and had the video game screens and everybody showing you know. Yes. So, yeah. So that's a video switcher. So that is in a flight case next to me. In fact, I'll just grab the laptop and try. Maybe not. Oh, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. That's if you guys are watching on YouTube, you guys are yeah. with it. Yeah. So if you look up the Black Magic. ATEM TV Studio HD. That's literally the one I have. It's a it's a thousand dollar switcher, and it'll let you take up to eight eight cameras in. But you also got to realize I do this for a living, though. So when I got into Twitch streaming, I already had a two thousand dollar camera. I already had capture card. You know what I mean? I already had yeah. high quality audio. So it wasn't it wasn't like I had the big expense that a lot of Twitch streamers do when they because they want to get started in it. So they they're like, oh my god, I want to do this, and mm-hmm. then they go and spend a couple thousand dollars all of a sudden. You know what I mean? Buying a mixer and a mic and a headphones and all that well it's it's crazy just even from that perspective of just you know the peripherals like i think a lot of i think a lot of people that are aspiring to be a twitch streamer go out and buy the pc that's capable to do it they get an internet connection that's capable of pushing the proper amount of bit rate and then they go oh my lighting's crappy my audio sucks uh, I don't have a good mouse and keyboard to play a MOBA or a first person mm-hmm. shooter or whatever it may be. You know, it's like, 100%. it's, it, it, There's it's always like, going to be a shortcoming though. There's always going to be something that when you get started that you want to change. And that's where you got to feel it out and see if it's really going to be worth it. Like one of the first things I tell everybody, if you already have good audio, don't necessarily go run and buy a camera. Let's upgrade that lighting first because good lighting mm. makes any camera look better. 
Oh, it does. It's so important. It's the most important. Bad lighting will make a good camera look bad. If I go, if I turn off the lights around me, this thing will look, well, actually it's my FaceTime camera. I forgot. So it already looks horrible, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) it'll look worse. (laughs) Yeah. If anyone's watching on YouTube, like Matt was having some technical difficulties before we started. So like, don't think that this is a good representation of Matt's video uh, quality. Unfortunately, (laughs) yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't get mine to go down to 720-30 because it's like it only has one option for 720 because I I never use 720. All my cameras do 4K, so it was like not not having it. <laughs> All right, 4K baller. Hey, whoa, <laughs> one, whoa. one day, one day, easy over. Here. One day, Twitch will have ability to stream 4K. Nobody but... needs a 4K camera for this anyway. I mean, if yeah. you have a good 1080p camera, that's plenty. You know yeah. I mean? Well, and and people are listening to this on Spotify or Apple, or whatever, you know, your totally. favorite podcast platform anyway. So, I mean, like you don't have to have a crazy expensive camera. The a camera that I use a lot of times is an $800 Panasonic G85 and that's with a lens, you know. So, I mean, that's really not that crazy of a camera. That's pretty reasonable. I think bucks, 800 bucks. I think that is like even for if you wanted to do like more video style production, if you're talking for just live stream, oh, I mean, yeah, that would overkill. be, that would be overkill, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I would look at maybe yeah. like 400 and that would be a little rich for my blood. Right. Yeah. And you could get a great camera for 400 bucks. I mean, you really can't. So, I mean, you know, Sony makes a lot of great stuff. If you look at the, like the a 5100, you could pick up mm. like a Sony a 5100 for 350 bucks maybe with a lens 400 mm-hmm. bucks with a lens and it's going to look fantastic especially if you got any kind of lighting so yeah isn't that what the isn't that what some youtubers use as, is that yeah, probably yeah. or no should. or it's or is it the a50 well, it's no, one of it's one of those sony's with an a in front of it and a five the a, <laughs> a, a6500 is really popular the a6500 okay. is probably the most popular and the reason that they're so popular is because they have by far the best autofocus in the game sony's are gotcha so, like, if you're a vlogger or a, or a streamer or anything, and you're going to rely on autofocus and all that, make sure to pick up a Sony. Don't don't bother mm. looking at anything else. Don't bother with a GoPro. No, I mean, no. Hey, if you want to do a GoPro, but you got to realize a GoPro doesn't do really any depth of field, so there's no focus. Everything's going to be sharp. You know what I mean? Right. Sure. Flat sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or or depending on if you choose the wrong profile, like if you do super view, it's going to look like a fisheye lens instead of a. Mm-hmm. You know, and but medium doesn't always look good either, so you got to be careful with what you're doing. You know. Can I confess something to you guys? I've sure. never used a GoPro. I've really? never really? used never no. I used them for like trail hiking. You can get some really good shots. Yeah, I use them sense. drones a lot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Because then, if it, if like your drone crashes, you don't feel bad about fucking breaking your eight hundred dollars Sony camera. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> plus, plus the the drones that I fly are small and they go in tiny places like that most cameras can't anyway. So it really doesn't. You know, it wouldn't make sense to fly a bigger drone that had that on it anyway. Is there even provisions to put a bigger, like, full-bodied camera on a drone? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. They, they do it. Absolutely. No they fly, way. They fly, like, like movie cameras on them and stuff. Like, they go from from regular onboard cameras that are no bigger than the small security camera all the way up to the full, like, red, you know, $50,000 camera with the big boy stuff on it. Bro, so, who's... Who's who's the person that got fired for like wrecking a oh, full fledged? <laughs> you don't get fledged. to fly those without being a pro. You know, I mean, I wouldn't even want to fly one of those. And I'm pretty like I've been flying for months now, and I'm pretty confident that I could fly it without wrecking it. But I still wouldn't. I'd be too sweaty. 
Yeah. yeah, and not only that, like, you know, they, drones are electronics, too. They can have things go wrong. Like, just like live streaming and anything else, there's a whole bunch of moving parts for drones. If you, you know, anything happens, it falls out of the sky. So you got to have a lot of, lot of, you know, preparation before you take off on something like that. Got to sign a waiver that says they won't, like, I don't know, dispose of you if you crash it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and they got to remember, too, like, you know, uh, one that's going to fly some, a camera that big is probably going to have eight rotors instead of four. So that's like mm-hmm. eight weed whackers coming at your face if it falls out of the sky, plus the weight, you know, so. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Dude, yeah, that could kill blades, someone. The blades will hurt you. Yeah. The, that's why. So, like, I have a smaller drone, and it's got ducts that go around the the blades that way if it mm. hits you it doesn't hurt you it's made to be like going in tight spots and like being able like if it gets sucked up to your leg or something there's no way unless you put your finger inside the hole that you right can, you know what i mean well i mean i'm just saying from the sheer weight like if you had a yeah. heavier bulkier camera and Absolutely. it was falling and it hit you right i mean you could die from that oh 100 i mean even even a gopro from 10 stories would hurt you know what i mean that would yeah. be horrible so yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, don't suggest trying it for sure. We haven't, we could, uh, if anybody's got an old GoPro, feel free to send it to me. I've got a nine story building that we could throw it off the roof and find out how hard it hits. Listen, oh, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to be a tough guy right now, but I think I could take a GoPro from that, from that height. Challenge I'm just saying, accepted. okay, I will buy a GoPro. It. I'll Let's buy talk. a GoPro. We'll live stream it here. Deal. We'll live stream it. Okay. All right. We're doing it. <laughs> right in the stomach. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. I was thinking more like the back. Really? Oh, that would knock the wind out of you, maybe though. I don't know. Long we got to do it for in the kidney. We got to do it. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. We got to do this for science. A kidney shot is a game over. It's a wrap. Then that's basically like a TKO. You're out. Yeah, yeah. Even a soft punch to the kidney hurts. So, all right, I'm rethinking. I'm uh, rethinking. No, too late. You've already got the signed and dotted. <laughs> I want. I want out of this contract. <laughs> Luckily, oh, I've got man. that GoPro insurance, so if it destroys it after it hits you, uh, we can just have another one sent to me. That's right, and we'll do it again. And we'll science. do it again, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I, I have an old 360 camera, too, so if, it, if it'll last for the drop, we could have it hitting you in full 360. Dude. And I don't even care about this camera. Like, it's an old one that if it breaks, I don't care. What if we... Okay, no, never mind. I was going to say something, but that would defeat the purpose. I was going to say, like, maybe if I wore some sort of, like, protective gear and we filmed it with the 360 camera coming down at me. But mm-hmm. then, I mean, I don't know. I guess that would be cool for, like, a production shot if, like, Yeah, you... it could be. It could be. But for the purpose of me possibly getting hurt for content. Yeah, I'm um... trying to find out if I'm taking you to the hospital or not, so I don't want you to have right. any armor. Yeah, also... Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. start putting all like your paintball gear on and stuff yeah right like we'll see the headline unfortunately gg nabyar found dead today <laughs> with a gopro lodged in his chest great shot though yeah great shot. <laughs> looked like iron man we're gonna sell this to a company to make a commercial <laughs> out of it so all Perfect. proceeds will go in his name you know to mm. <laughs> yeah do you have a patreon because we're gonna need to set that up Oh, we do. Shameless Patreon plug here. (laughs) Someone throw a graphic up on the way. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, anything else that you would like to, uh, fill, fill in with, uh, with any of our live stream or any of your live streaming stuff, uh, any type of like tips and tricks maybe that, uh, you would like to sign us out with maybe. Oh man. Yeah. Just do it. 
just don't don't let there be a reason why you don't start. You know what I mean? Because you can always expand, but if you don't start, you never you never got it anyway. So you know you could have the best show ever, but if you're not doing it, no one will know, and no one will ever get to see it and enjoy it. So yeah, just do it. Just dive in. It's fun. I agree. You meet a lot of cool people in the streaming community too. You know, once you start streaming, there's not exactly a lot of people that you could talk to about streaming. Like there's some game streamers or stuff that maybe do some, you know, like that have a little more advanced setups and stuff. And that's still fun to talk to. But like as you build up and you really get into it, if you, if you dive into it, it's, it's just a whole world opens up and new people to talk to too. Definitely. I think being into streaming has made me appreciate the stuff that you do, you know, what videographers do more. I appreciate you know? that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah seriously. And, and videos are, you know, they're really fun and everyone, you know, they, they talk like they want to do it till they see the work, you know, and, and yes. they're like, oh, you know, hey, that 15 foot crane's really cool. Bring that out. And it's like, do you know what it takes to bring out a 15 foot crane with a motorized <laughs> head and all this crap on it? Like, no. <laughs> so, right, right. But no, as far as just in general, though, I just I try to tell anybody just get into it. Try it. You know, don't, don't if you only have a phone, start with your phone, you know. That's the best way to at least at least get into it, give it a go, find out if it's for you. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I feel bad for the people that go out and get like this like list of shit of like, oh man, I need this, I need that, and they like start it, and then they do it once a week, and then it fizzles out, and they're like, yeah, I really don't like it, but I did spend three thousand dollars, so right. All of a sudden, yeah. they got a new PC and a and a high end mic and a nice boom mm-hmm. arm like all of us have here, and you know. It, it all adds up so fast too. like, you know, Oh my God. That's why, you know, that dip your toe first, you know, make sure. But also if you're any kind of aspiring on camera talent, you will get so far in streaming games so fast because you do three plus hours at a time. Usually, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so, you know, whenever I started streaming, I was always the guy on the other side of the camera. So I was never the on air talent. You know what I mean? Right. So, so, you know, it really transformed me quickly to where I have no problem, you know, if someone hires me to run a show and they don't have a way to have a talent host it, then let me hire a couple extra guys and I'll host it for you if I have to. You know what I mean? It's just, but but I would have never been able to do that without game streaming. So. Well, I think you probably had some charisma carryover from the whole, like, r- the whole car scene, too. A oh, little man. bit. Maybe a little, a bit. little bit, but I was so shy about it all. Like, you know, I, you know, the car scene thing, from what you knew me for, that... That was a, a, a huge inflation of my ego in that time frame. You know what I mean? Like that mm. turned me that turned me into, I mean, kind of an asshole too. Like, you know what I mean? Like I didn't I didn't know how to handle that. So I did have charisma, but I also was just kind of a dick. You know, like I was just <laughs> kind of a cocky prick. And I, I just, you know, it didn't really transfer over because you can't you can't be that as a game streamer. You know, I mean you can. I guess mm. you can be Dr. Disrespect or somebody and and pull it off, but like you really gotta go deep in pro wrestler style if you're gonna if you're gonna take that angle full commit yeah full commit to, full send yeah it's build build the character build yeah. the character for sure yeah and, yeah and so really i mean you know it also was just weird to me because i had so many years of not ever being on camera that i i just it was odd i i had a hard time starting even you know what i mean it was like all right i've got to go be live for three hours i've never done this before I remember yeah. that. like, what am I going to do for three? I would, I started writing stuff down and would just have like ideas in my head. Like, okay, if, if it gets quiet, let's try to talk about this. Or if it, you know, cause mm-hmm. you're not going to have you. The one thing to remember is that when you start, you're not going to have viewers. 
most likely right. you'll, you'll be like, alone for a long time. Yeah. yeah. You'll have and the one friend. One friend. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. or like you'll make one regular and he'll be in like every other day that you're on. And, and, it, and it's funny cause like as soon as that happens, it snowballs into a whole new game because it's so much more fun as soon as people start to interact with you. Yes. You have to completely understand that like while you're building up, you have to act like you've got a hundred people watching you. Yes. You have to act like they're all there because if you don't, you're not being entertaining and no one's going to want to watch anyway. So, Oh, dude, yeah. When when somebody clicks on your stream and it's just dead quiet or all I hear is like your mechanical keyboard, you have like right. 10 seconds to grab somebody's attention or they're just like, well, this is weird and they leave. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and, and why would what, why would they stay? What about what you were doing right then is entertaining enough to hold their attention or to mm-hmm. even uh, to command their attention? You know, I that was one thing I always try to do is make sure the game's got to be relevant to at least who I'm trying to attract. And, and I've always got to be talking. If it's like, if you let longer than 10 seconds go without talking, it's too long. In my opinion, like you got a 10 or 15 second buffer to kind of like, if you need to collect yourself for a second or if you're checking something or whatever, but you need to be conscious of that, like little bit of talk while you're doing it, just so that you're keeping things interesting while you figure out the issue or while you're playing a hard part in the game or whatever the case may be. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it took a lot of, I think, self-training, I think for me and Ray to do that inner monologue outward, you know, right. like right. just yes. voicing your train of thought and keeping it interesting and not just like repeating yourself. Like it's really tricky. Yeah. So, so what did you think was the hardest part about streaming when you got started? Was it the actual being the host or was it the technical side or was it something else? For me, it's always the technical side, but always. I don't have a problem talking to myself. I feel like I do that all the time anyways. Um, Playing games, like I play a lot of story games, so I just get sucked into them. So it's really easy for me to like, I guess, be entertaining in that way because I'm always like freaking out or really curious or whatever's going on. But I mean, I have a Go XLR with only four channels, um, but I didn't use it for a couple of weeks because I couldn't get rid of this weird reset that was happening. And it just turned out I needed to plug it into a different USB slot. And it took me four weeks to figure that out. So it's uh, definitely man. the tech side for me. <laughs> yeah, well, and you know, how do you know that until you get to the point where you try it on a different USB slot? Like the, until it mm-hmm. dawns on you, oh, maybe if I switch USB slots, which who is even going to think of that 90% of the time? You know what I mean? A USB slot is a USB slot to most people. So, right. Yeah. And I reached yeah. out to like the company, like um, through like TC Helicon. And I'm like, dude, I have this issue. They're like, oh man, let's talk to our engineers. Let's do this back and forth emails. And then I'm just like, let's just try this. It's crazy. I know. Let's just try it. And it fucking worked. So that's amazing. <laughs> what, was it, what, what was it? Was it the USB 2.0 port wasn't working as quick as it, it was? A, it was a, a little loose. So it would lose connection. Oh. And then when it reconnected, it would reset my software and look for an update. And whenever it did right. that, it would cut my audio. Oh. So it would do that like every like 15 minutes. And I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. This is crazy. Mm. Well, you are the officially the first person that I know that has one of those. How do you like that device? I've looked into it a million times because I've been. I need to get a home mixer because I'm tired of bringing work stuff home with me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like it a lot. You can customize it, like in probably like you could probably have a lot of fun with it. I'm still learning the ropes of it, like with all the the routing. But mm-hmm. that's really nice to be able to like make things quieter for me because I, I listen yeah. to things like if there's a spectrum of 100 volume, I listen to things around like 15, but that's oh, wow. way too quiet for like my audience. So I need to Absolutely. like root it differently to like my output, you know, and it's nice to be able to have that 
diversity because I used to only just wear like one earbud because I just couldn't take the volume of things. But now I can change it and it's nice. That's awesome. So, Ray, what was the hard part for you starting streaming? Oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Uh, the, if you guys, if you guys have been around my Twitch channel, you guys have seen it. But I started out as a character. I tried to be this like redneck gamer character. In your flannel. In my flannel. Check your vods out. It's oh my God, it's so cringy. Um, <laughs> but that so that was it. And when I finally kind of broke down, so I got really discouraged as a lot of people do when they first get into streaming because it just wasn't clicking. You know, I would, I would mm -hmm. have like that one friend that I was like, Hey, come support my stream or come hang out. And it was my cousin, Matt, shout out to him. But it, it, yeah. So it took, it took time for me to like step away from streaming and just go back into it and be like, you know what? Just be yourself. It's fine. 100%. And so you are a rest, character, though. Like, the rest anyone, is history. Anyone who knows you in real life or has got to know you, you know what I mean? Like, all of us are already pseudo care. And I'm not saying don't try that avenue if you want to. Like, you know, yeah, like, yeah. We were talking about Dr. Disrespect a minute ago. You know, having yes. a character is fine if you can pull yes. it off. It's just, mm -hmm. it takes a lot of work. The commitment level is really high, too, because yes. like, anyone that ever meets you in person is going to expect you to be that person. So, like, yes. you, go, you go to any of these cons or anything, mm -hmm. you've got to be in character for that because your brand is on display while you're walking around. So, right. You know, funny. I, that's crazy. So, so what made you decide to quit doing the character? Or how did you come to that realization? It's just it's the numbers, you know, just looking at the numbers and looking, looking at chat and just kind of. You know, it not being uh not being delusional. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know, just so knowing you just that. Try, did he try some streams and then all of a sudden you saw you were getting better numbers just being yourself and you just said, yes. okay, we're gonna go that direction now and and that's. Yes. Yep. Well, it's good yeah. that you tried that instead of just like, no, I'm fully committed. I'm gonna make this work even if it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. It was. Yeah. yeah. It was. How a whole long? Thing. How long did you run with the character? Uh not that long maybe like three weeks uh, maybe like, yeah like a month yeah okay so i mean gg nabyar uh no i was just i was just nabyar that back then or maybe yeah i think just nabyar yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, the whole thing didn't make sense i don't know i didn't think it out very much but i don't know but we uh should, we should bring it back you could be axel right. and i'll be tiffy <laughs> <All right. laughs> Tuffy Stone. <laughs> Tuffy Stone. Axel oh, yes. Well, we are about at that time. There's been a ton of good advice at the end of this podcast. So I hope you guys are hanging in there with us. Um, a lot of good stuff in the past like 15 minutes of audio. So really appreciate uh Matt, your time and your uh, your advice. Uh I've I've learned some stuff tonight. So um I thank you for having me. I, this was great. Yeah, Adrian. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, we'll have you on again. It'd be great. Adrian, did you have anything else? Uh, actually, do you have any like plugs or do you want to tell people mm -hmm. where they can find you? Sure, yeah. You can hit me up uh, Media Outlaws TV on YouTube. I'm on uh, Media Outlaws on Instagram and Facebook. And that's that's pretty much where you'll see me. I do adventures, adventure videos, music, and live streaming. So if you like any of those things, come on down. Yeah, nice. good variety. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I never can stay in one lane, can I? <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> well, perfect. Well, I think that's all I've got. All right, cool. Cool. All Thanks, right. guys. Well, thank you for being here. We really uh, enjoyed talking to you. 
Um, we do put out episodes every single Wednesday. Uh, so that's where you can find us at Egg Sasha's podcast on YouTube, Spotify, anywhere that you can find um, audio or just crazy content. You'll find us there. Consider supporting us on Patreon. It is only $1 a month. And we'd really appreciate it. It does keep this shit show going and it means a lot to us. It's not too late to get our one year stickers um, throughout the month of September. Until then, we appreciate that you guys listened and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye, guys.